Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk episode, uh, what is it, 699. Feels like a kind of just on the cusp of some kind of milestone. Uh, 700 episodes of music technology talk and music production talk. I mean, who'd have thunk it that we'd actually got to this number already? It's astonishing, isn't it, really? Anyway, welcome one and all. I want to say hello to everybody. We've got our folks in over in the chat rooms, in uh, YouTube, in IRC, and in uh, Facebook. We are streaming live to Facebook and to Twitch and to YouTube. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Sorry, I keep forgetting. There's so many places it goes to. I want to say thank you to all of you folks for joining us. A big thank you to um, Andy, who's going to switch. Uh, we're trying this kind of somebody else switching so I can hopefully focus on uh, being more present as a host rather than thinking about the technicalities. Though it didn't seem to change all that much because I'm thinking about the other stuff. But anyway, um, also want to say thanks to our friends over at Yuhi and also Isotope for continual support. It's lovely to have them on. Uh, we'll be hearing messages from them a little bit later. Um, and in the meantime, well, we, we can join our friends. We've got, it's, it's not a, the, the busiest of news weeks, but we've got a fantastic panel of interesting people. So it won't matter. We could talk about, I don't know. Wallpaper or something. Jamie Liddell, how are you? Are you well? Ah, nice segue. Um, I'm well. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. So, Jamie, you're... This isn't uh, actually real. This is just... Is this it not? Is, I can put my hand right through it. It's just a projection. It's pretty... Yeah. But then this is... I'm well. I'm, as you can see, I'm dealing with a wall of potential or distraction, depending on how you... Uh, you know how you yeah, feel that's, that day. That's that's new, right? Because you said you were, it's new, uh, yeah. you were, you said what you were doing was was actually going to be uh, was working on a, a new studio setup and having more. So, so is this mm -hmm. part of the new thing? Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I've I mean I have said it on a Discord and stuff, but I'm I've I've bought a sale AM1 like a console that's being made at the moment and. Uh, Basically, the studio is going to be a lot smaller. There will be no more. There'll be no more wooden room. <laughs> it will be sort of the upstairs of a building. And yeah, I kind of have based it around this console and this modular, so that it's kind of about all I can fit in there, to be honest. Well, that's not quite true, but it will be a slightly different mindset. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's. I can see it being built outside my room, outside my yeah, my window wow. right now. It's quite peculiar, actually. But uh, yeah, that's so. That's is this it. is, is this, uh, is this uh, are you entering a kind of new creative phase? Are you kind of lining up your workspace to be able to do things somewhat differently, or are you heading for you kind of like right? I'm going to get into it and start making stuff because it's often a precursor, isn't it, to a big lot of creative output? Is when you kind of uh, get your workspace just how you want it. So right. Well, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a sort of all-in approach, I suppose. As you can see, it's like the the modular has grown over years. I put it in a great case thanks to Brock at Two Egress. Um, he he did the case for Andrew Wang and and uh, a few others that I kind of are familiar with. And this beautiful case sort of has, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of. I don't know. It's already changed my room so much that I'm just mm. kind of like, I'm ready for the next phase, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. Nice. Well, Fingers lovely to have good. you, Jamie, of course. <laughs> I, I love and of course, let's not forget the uh, Hanging Out with Audio Files podcast. I know that you'd had a bit of a hiatus, but you've done a couple more episodes yeah. since then, haven't you? Yeah. And I mean, I kind of, I figured I could just sort of tell people what's been going on with my album making because that's, you know, been taking up my time, hence haven't really had as much time for the pod. Um, and yeah, <laughs> talking about like the the pros and cons, the uh, ups and downs of the whole process, and try to be as honest as I can. But I have I've been after I did that recording session of two days, trying to do this really extravagant thing with a uh, with marimbas, uh, cello, um, other percussionists and uh, accordion, two pianos uh, in a room here. But I also had a quadraphonic sound stage in the room and I was going to feed instruments back into the room. And oh, look, it's got really bright. Yeah, wow, the sun yeah, came that's out. That's natural for you. The sun just came wow. out for Sonic State. <laughs> uh, I'm going to turn down the sun. Turn down the sun. But yeah, I, I, I moved straight from that crazy process, which kind of, to be honest, it had a lot of issues and I didn't 
quite get control of the whole quad thing. But uh, anyway, it was a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort to sort of try something that was, you know, a little bit sketchy. (laughs) Um, So I learned a pretty hard lesson there, but somewhere it was cool. And then I went straight on from that to do this masterclass, which uh, is, you know, um, just available uh, now. I I really put a lot of time and energy into it. I, I tried to make it really me. Like as much about my personal process and interest as I could, so it's not just another DAW exercise or whatever. I really kind of pulled out all the stops, and I did hydrophones, crazy spinning speakers, like all kinds of vocal production tricks, like loads and loads of lo- personal stuff. That's you know taken me twenty odd years to kind of work out which bits I like and everything. There's a little bit of quad, uh, binaural, and there's all all sorts. Uh, you know, nice. It's, uh, yeah, something I'm really proud of. So, yeah, thanks for giving it a shout out. No problem. Also, uh, let's say hello to our friend. Uh, well, we haven't seen Charles Chicky Reeves for a long time. He's been on a boat across the pond. Well, and I am I am actually exaggerating. Of course, Charles Chicky Reeves, uh, sound engineer, producer, artiste, uh, now relocated. You were in London. Now you're in New York. Uh, you've grown a you've grown yeah. a beard. It's taken so oh, long wow. to get there. You've, you've grown a beard. <laughs> I'm old, and I'm also in a in a very ambient room. So I yes. apologise. I don't have my microphone. I don't have my camera. I'm on a laptop. Um, yeah, all my all my gear, my studio, both consoles, all my instruments, sense everything. It's all. It was all supposed to leave London uh, the first week of December, but it just <laughs> left today after oh. after two delays. Yeah, after two wow. two big delays. And originally it was supposed to get here January 3rd and about two weeks to clear customs. And now it's going to get here sometime in February and take about three weeks to clear customs. And so hopefully I'll have everything by March. So <laughs> the, the only thing I brought with me, I brought my Machina Plus and my, because they're, they're right here. My Machina Plus. Wow. And my OP hey, uh, it's and a good job you haven't got any work to do, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. <clears throat> but the thing is, I, I so I learned an important lesson, which is never try to move during the busiest holiday season of the year uh, during a pandemic. So don't ever try doing that. <laughs> it, was, okay. it was insane. Um, just even trying to get out of the country, out of get it, get it out of the UK. The the day that I was at Terminal Five, our flight was delayed by a few hours because someone decided to try to uh, uh, luggage check two live hand grenades. So they had to clear Oh! <laughs> well, I'm glad they found so, them. I mean, that's the positive, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. I was like, I think, who, who tries to do that? Like, what are they thinking? So, yeah. So, you know, but here I am. I'm in New York. Um, I'm in Port Washington, New York. So I'm on on the outskirts. Uh, so I'm out for anybody who knows the, the layout of New York, I'm out past Queens in the great Gatsby sort of area. So we're Port Washington, Sands Point. And if nice. I look at this, this room here is all windows. It's all, that's one of the reasons it's such an ambient room, ambient for light mm. too. But, um, I can look out there and I can see the empire state Building, which is nice. So, and then I'm Sweet. just surrounded by, trees here which is gorgeous over here really gorgeous nice so one i've got this big house but no no studio equipment no furniture other than that cabinet that you see over there which i just acquired and everything else is just suitcases that's all i've got <laughs> so wow well i'm sure it'll it'll work out in the end um we've also yeah. got uh, mr dom Hawkin, who is there uh, uh um, in his studio where he's been streaming up a a, a real a real good one. I saw your, your shirt. Yeah. yeah, I saw you because you, 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 you got the dreaded COVID, right? And now you're back. I did, on track. yeah, yeah. Back you look this well. week, really. I, Boxing day till now is a bit of a blur, but uh, but this week's is all is all back in action. But um, yeah, can I can I just say if anyone's been affected by Jamie's appearance on this show already, the modular anonymous helpline is open to all twenty four hours a day, <laughs> and uh, 0800 help me will get you the help that you need. Um, yeah, also, six hundred and ninety nine episodes. I just did the sum. It's thirteen and a half years, assuming you never even missed one. And I know wow. you missed a, not not many, but a few on the way. So wow. congratulations, thirteen and a 
half years of Sonic State podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> some people will be thinking, <laughs> what? No, yeah, well, what, actually, the thing when you look at it, that you know, each one roughly an hour. How long it would take you to listen to? that many it's it's astonishing isn't it so six yeah, yeah. well six yeah so but anyway well thank you and thank you to all our guests and all our Amazing. listeners for making it still you know a, a, an actual thing because otherwise uh without anybody on the other end it would all be a bit pointless uh, dom of course mr wiggly does uh plugins and uh not only that and apps and all sorts of stuff uh i'm guessing if you've had a bit of downtime you've probably not been working on so much of that but uh i did notice that no, on your live not. stream on mr wiggly you were uh you had been working on your video set up which looks really fancy now i'm gonna have to up my game again <laughs> we because I, well, I, I only just kind of got out of bed i, I had no guests so it's like well call in and tell us you're 2022 and i expected like probably nothing so i was ready to speak for an hour on what i was intending to do over the over the next year and then we yeah. literally we had about uh, 12 people on screen at one stage and I, I use Streamyard, which is a cloud service it's, it doesn't do as ah, much as your okay. system does but that is one thing it seems to do so that it all just kind of pops up online and everything's out there gaz popped up richard hilton popped up it was really good fun um, so yeah, 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 I really enjoyed it. Really, 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 really good fun. And I kind of committed to a few things to do this year as part of my plan, which was, you know, a few new plugins and some more streams and stuff. But uh, check it out, mrwiggly.co.uk if you're interested. We do a Sunday stream every Sunday. I'm desperately trying to do a, uh, a a quick lower third for you, uh, Mr. Wiggly. Oh, that's Wiggly. okay. Okay. No, so it goes in the, uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to, I know what's going to happen. I'll do it. I'll make a typo <laughs> and it'll just worry. say something like <laughs> wrong. So MR anyway, let's see if I can get that. MR Wiggly, yeah. It's like, is that, was that MR James? Who was, who was the author that had an MR uh, involved? Oh, yes. Uh, it was, I can't uh, remember It was now. a detective movies, I think, wasn't it? J.R. Hartley, it might have been. maybe. Maybe you're getting muddled up with, uh, with fly fishing. <laughs> anyway, oh, moving to, find, to where I, <laughs> Mr. Wiggly, right. I'm gonna, but there you go. You get a little. You get a link in the show. Thank you very much. There you go. So thank you. Go on. Very very kind. Finally got that. Actually, I have more time to do this now because I don't have to worry about uh, about a lot of the other stuff. Although I am, I'm still switching my own. Uh, uh, topics there are topics honestly and the first one is uh well it's it's this one um which is uh mylar melodies Hi. today is january the 17th aka blue monday and tell me now how do you feel i hope you feel as good as new order did in 1983 when they released their seminal dance tune blue monday it's of course one of the best dance records ever made the perfect marriage of northern melancholy combined with craft worky donna summary italo inspired oh he's mellifluous isn't he uh, yeah that was uh, this was kind of an interesting thing i mean this is uh, mylar on the blue monday choir which i thought it was just a mellotron but actually it sounds like it's kind of gone around the houses because uh, he goes on to explain that actually uh it was a sample of a craft work record uranium from 1997 into the emulator which they just bought but that craft work sample came from an original orchestron which was a precursor to the mellotron i believe or was it the um the optagon i don't know i thought jamie would probably know this because i know he's either got access yeah. to one or owns one so uh, perhaps you'd care to comment yeah i i don't own one my neighbor across the way rob Berger, who's an amazing musician uh he's just got a new album out actually he toured with laurie anderson actually the the, the story he tells is that he used to go on the road with laurie anderson using the orchestron which is when you see it you're like first of all it's really it's in a massive flight it's hugely heavy this thing uh it's a beauty yeah it's um it's an optical disc playing machine which means unlike a mellotron there's no start point you know obviously with the tape you have the tape rewinds to give you an attack mm. so you can have for example a piano with transients but with with a orchestron it's just a circular disc it's essentially like a locked groove on a record and really when you press a key it's like it just engages a kind of a playhead essentially over the particular note that you're demanding from the record each key has its own piece of um you know audio associated with it it's a beautiful yeah. thing to see the records they're just these wonderful is it any um, better built than the mattel yeah. one because the mattel one looks like a bon tempi it's like cheap plastic crap whereas yeah, the orchestron it, it, was the orchestron a bit more built it's really robust actually although when we were recording in the studio the session that had the quadraphonic issues <laughs> um he brought it and it was it, it kind of developed a 
it's a mechanical thing. The disc is literally spinning like a record and it was squeaking like crazy. I mean, it had been doing that in my house as well. They're old and very rare. I think there's only 40 or so in existence currently or something like that. A really crazy low number. They are probe. They are prone to, you know, age and sort of squeakiness like we all are but i mean uh, yeah i think it just needs to drop <laughs> oil to be honest but i think getting the oil in there is really tricky it's just a light it's such a weird box it's just like a it's like a, it's a quite a fearsome like it's quite a scary machine in a way it just makes a whirring sound and there's a light in there somehow and like but when and when you play the keys it has like the mellotron it's sort of it's really alive you know it's uh it's a wonderful sound. Good God, it's an incredible sound. It, and every time you press a key, there's a sort of click, which is why it's quite hard to sample it because the keys sort of, by on, the onset of the key makes a specific kind of key press noise. There it is. But anyway, yeah, the, the orchestra is a wonderful machine. This is a video by... Uh Optagon.com. I thought so. That's probably uh, forget the name of the chap now. Gosh, that's a terrible, terrible forgetment. Uh, that looks like the actual Optagon. He's at, he was actually playing Kraftwerk Endless and Radioactivity and other things, which I I can't actually um, play because of the way that the technical setup. But uh, I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's a fascinating thing, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, apart from oh, I'd let me switch my <laughs> my face back on. This is getting. Andy must be going. What the hell's going on there? Why on earth haven't we got Nick on? Uh, um, so, yeah, so I just think, I mean, I find the Orchestron and the uh, um, the Optagon really fascinating, in many ways more so than the than the Mellotrons, because, the, the, well, there's less moving parts, and it seems like something that is, they, they're still, you can still make, you can print them on acetates. I think, uh, I'm trying to remember what the name mm. of the guy was called. What was his name? Gosh, it's uh, uh, P. Hicks. That's right. It's P. Hicks. Yes. I think he's, yeah. He's got a lot of stuff. He has to the do tapes with that. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Ever played? Ever played with one? Any? Either of you? Either Dom or, or um, Charles? No, no. Not but, at all. but Jamie, what was that thing that you had in your studio? Um, I think it was a, an episode of Sonic Talk that I was on, and you were on. We were going on about that's tape the machines, one. You, okay, oh, that was yes. that was it. Okay, yeah, that's I the orchestra. Yeah. yeah, it was mounted. It's mounted in the sort of flight case, which kind of you know, some people did. Uh, so yeah it's quite heavy duty uh yeah and it has a bunch of sounds i sampled a bunch of them for the patreons and it was a lot of work actually because they they, it's a noisy beast as well it's it's just a lot it's what interesting because my wife basically (laughs) it really sorry that was keyword triggered it wasn't me (laughs) she never comes in yeah she never comes into the room and it's like oh that's that sounds amazing but as soon as the orchestra was here she'd come in and go what's going on what's what's that what's that sound it just has this compelling tone how does the sound come out of it I was just oh it's it's not like a speaker or anything like that no 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 no, no. it's got a speaker as well hasn't it no no speaker okay maybe the domestic ones the optagons um possibly do uh yeah i think Uh, but yeah but the this is a professional unit and uh (laughs) although on another professional unit the power switch says juice on it which is always it's always kind of a rush i mean how can you you resist something that has juice (laughs) throw juice on there (laughs) yeah amazing unit he really of course, did his homework. Uh, he, uh, he really oh, did yeah, his homework on that piece, man. He did such a lovely yeah. job on it, and like introduced the guy. Vaco is actually. I'm gonna. I can't, I'm gonna need to look at his mail. It was um, um, David Van Coovering, who was like, and then the the Van Coovering is the Vaco of the Vaco opt. I mean, orchestra. Ah. You know, that's the brand oh, wow. name. It's actually this guy. So in he, there's a talk that, you know, Alex shared of, of him talking about all his inventions and everything. He's a fascinating guy. Bit of an unsung guy. Seems like he was responsible in some ways for the mini Moog. So, like, you know, always learning new stuff. You know, these YouTubers and, like, people like Alex, man, he's doing an amazing job. The research was, yeah. was really serious on that piece. And a great. great to see his face on camera because it's normally he's a set yeah. of disembodied hands true. doing yeah, the kind right, of, yeah. he's got the great yeah. gestures. 
Uh, but the, <laughs> yeah. this, the, the thing about this is it kind of opened up a, something a bit more interesting. Well, not a bit more interesting. I, I, how dare I even say that? A, another thread, which was quite often when one deconstructs, because he goes on to deconstruct the entire Blue Monday thing, and, and you know, he has a, has a go at making it uh, out of sort of virtual instruments. But it always struck me as, you know, whenever you get to hear a, a, a multi-track of a recording that you thought you knew well, and then you hear the individual tracks, how uh -huh. they just, it's like, what? How come the drums yeah. had that much reverb on them? I don't remember that. You know, it's it's very yeah, totally. strange how our perceptions do it. I don't know. I mean, uh, Dom, you, have you done much remix work? You must have kind of had stuff coming. Yeah. In. Wait a minute. Yeah, and also a lot of my a lot of my work was with remixes as a session keyboard player, but basically mm. the, the everything person because you you know you were the bloke who's taking maybe a DJ's ideas that he can't play or, or particularly. Um, describe sometimes um and turning them into reality so and, and a lot of my work was listening to stuff and working out what was going on and not um copying but taking why does this vibe work so so back in the in a massive dance remix craziness you know where people were getting 20 grand a mix i was working with danny rampling and paul oakenfold and paul is a very good uh music if you like uh, danny's just a vibe man you know and he couldn't say right listen to that shaker and the way that's working there with against that kick drum you know the way it pushes on the second beat it's none of that you know but he knows way more than me what happens if you stick a tune on and in front of you know twenty thousand people whether they're they're all going to walk off or whether they're actually going to go crazy <laughs> and uh, you know and i'm pretty sure you can't really dj that well until you've done that you put your record and then everyone wonders oh yeah okay that's 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 lesson one um but it was absolutely fascinating because he'd come in and say he put three tunes on and 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 say this is a you know this is a mix we, we we're going to do and and this is what's working and i can tell you which bits work and and it was really much of a feel and funnily enough the same with um Crikey, loads of people. Errol Brown from Hot Chocolate, who's just one of my amazing, sadly passed away now, but an amazing oh, guy. Such groovy who, records. I, I was really, really blessed to be stuck in the studio with me and him trying to take some mm. demos of his that he'd done and, and turn them into reality, you know, when he was... Um, Oh, this would have been about 10 years before he passed away. Um, and the uh, publishers put us together. And uh, I was just sort of standing, I can't believe this, this guy's singing me songs. And I think I might have said it before, you know, he would sing me something and I'd go, doesn't, there's not enough, there's not, you need an extra bar in there because it doesn't quite float around into, you know, and then I'm thinking, hang on a minute, I'm not telling this guy where he needs an extra bar. He's actually singing me something <laughs> that works, you know. And so it would be a missing bar. There'd be three here and into the chorus. And, uh, and it would be pure I think they make for much, they make for much more interesting uh, arrangements. It is. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. And and actually, to be honest, a lot of producers like Harding and Kerno that, that um, produced the 17 stuff and loads of stuff uh, that I was involved with um, were spent as much time listening to tunes as they did making them, to be honest, you know, because a lot of the artists might be younger people, um, kind of new to the industry, and they'd go, yeah, I, I want this vibe, you know, I can't tell you what it is, but this, listen to these two tunes, this is what excites me. And to translate that into something that works for everybody, from the label, through the management, through the artist, is quite a tough chance. So, yeah, and you do find you can't really listen to music anymore without analysing it, you know, <laughs> so I end up listening to the speech now, because the minute you put a tune on, I'll be going, oh, they actually use two different kick drum sounds there. Or, or you know, it'll be just like pulling it apart. Well, but it is a, fascinating. That's a valid point. Yeah, yeah. That's if the, you, if I go the back curse to of tunes, a profession, isn't it, to a degree? Yeah, 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 yeah. You just pull it apart and I can tell you everything. But if I go back to tunes I listened to when I was 14, then I wasn't breaking them down, like the stuff I used to listen to on my Walkman under the covers, you know. And now listen to that now, it's like, wow that doesn't sound like i expected it to and it's exactly that that emotion you know the memory uh, of yeah, the, the often the memory yeah what's of, quite often i also find i also now. find that uh, it's actually god that sounds way worse than i remember it yeah you know, in it's, general it's, you know but the, but the, <laughs> the colossal snare drum or the big hook that you remember was actually mixed so quietly it was just such a brilliant hook that it leapt yeah, out at you funny, you know so how yeah, strange so, yeah. charles i don't <laughs> i guess i mean you uh, I mean, the thing is, Charles, I mean, you know, you do a lot of mixed work. I mean, do you find mm -hmm. you can enjoy music and switch off? I mean, is it, is it, is it harder? I mean, a what, a what, a what atmosphere, what environment do you need to be in to enjoy the music without having your work ears plugged in? Well, nowadays it's because I live in a place where I have to drive everywhere, um, in the car. That's the oh, best okay. place. Um, uh, I, I drive my, my daughter to school every day. 
because <laughs> trying to get her on the bus surface here is very difficult. Uh, so it's about a 30 minute drive. And we listened to, like today, we were listening to uh, Finley Coy, uh, you know, just, she's really getting into a lot of dub music, Renegade Soundwave kind of, and early Grace Jones stuff. And, and, um, and she's really impressed that I worked with Grace Jones. So, uh, you know, speaking of which, um, what I, you know, would like, we were talking about, I, I know I'm kind of going maybe off the question a bit, but the idea of like when you hear the raw tracks of something versus how it ends up being as a final mix, like some of the early Grace stuff I have multi-tracks of, or I have a lot of Bob Marley stuff. Um, and then there's been stuff floating around like the Doobie Brothers and things like that that you can probably find multi-tracks for. And when you listen to this stuff, you're like, Wait, how did they pull such a fantastic? How did they pull that together? Out of this, <laughs> this <laughs> mess. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it, yeah. So much stuff sounds like a mess, especially like the Bob Marley stuff. Uh, but in the it's, end, the the end result is so good. It's interesting. Um, we had the remix. I've yeah. told the story before, I'm sure, but we had the multi-track of Casey and the Sunshine Band get down tonight, sixteen track master, two inch, mm -hmm. and. Uh, we did a remix of it and I just remember that piano and stuff. They, oh yeah, we'll be able to use that. And it was literally, a, the piano was somebody with their foot on the sustain pedal in a room full of what <laughs> sound like drum, drummers drumming to a different track <laughs> <laughs> with oh, all this God, spill. Yes. And I was like, well, I can't use that. I had to use this crappy M1 piano instead, which was <laughs> to, my de to this day makes me feel shame. Although it was the sound of the time. Um, yeah. Speaking of production and uh, and all of those things, we should probably just have a quick word from our friends over at Isotope and, of course, uh, Prince Charles Alexander. Isotope Producers Club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And we thank them very much for their uh, continued support of the show. It's very much appreciated. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, like I said, it was a bit slow on the Newsweek. There's quite a lot of browser-based uh, uh, news, uh, music music in the browser. There was the Endless Acid Bangers. Or tar did anyone, uh, a quick show of hands, did anyone actually look at the uh, any of these browser ones? Because I'm wondering whether to go for both, because it's quite a complicated technique. Yes. Okay, so um, d which w was Tahi or the Endless Acid Bangers? is perhaps more uh more the exciting one for you guys i'm going to throw this because this is a fun this I, i'll play this video because it is it's pretty impressive actually so let's go uh i will actually this is the preamble this is because i was trying to run it in the browser but it kept crashing the browser on the cloud machine so this is it's kind of like an electron almost like an electron type machine just throw this out here. Well worth checking out. And it's a guy, uh, a Finnish chap uh, called Max JVH. Uh, you can render patterns to WAVs. The thing that I found really, really cool was being able to, if you take like the kick drum part, you can change the um, the steps in real time and end up with these really interesting offbeats and then flip it all back. It's actually a very performative piece of, uh, piece of equipment. And Runs in the browser. Astonishing, really, that it does. And you can load your own samples in it, bounce to... You know, it's a really impressive piece of work, actually. Because we, mm -hmm. we do see these things come along from time to time. I have no idea how we'd have done it. I'm going to come to you first, Don, because you might have an idea of how it was done, being uh, into apps and things. Uh, but Yeah, really, the, and the, it's the new audio... It's, sorry, carry on. Yeah, I thought it sounded pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the new audio... <sighs> Uh, sort of integration within Chrome and 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 the, the the sort of HTML audio markup stuff is is crazy. Um, 
and there's a, quite a few people that are using browsers now to send MIDI commands as controllers to, uh, you know, your, your, your instruments and stuff, um, because it, it does MIDI really nicely. So from a browser now, you can at least see USB ports and you can, you know, plug it into integrated software updates and all the rest of it. And audio is just a natural extension of that. Now you've got more memory involved that you can address from the browser and it's turned in. Browsers have become kind of operating systems, which is what they were always yeah. meant to be ultimately. Chrome is an operating mm -hmm. system. So uh, it's just a front end onto its own little universe and now computers are fast enough to do this kind of stuff you can write some crazy good stuff and it's not outrageous to, to put this stuff together it's javascript in the background there's some really good libraries that allow you to do this stuff uh, and it's very performant i mean the idea that you can do this and not notice the loop point or not have kind of glitches involved as the processor goes off. This is usually the problem. This is why you have to build an app that says, okay, processor, I need you now. I don't want you to interrupt every time a mail comes in, or I don't want another program popping up and saying, I need a slice of that processor time. Hold off on that music for a bit. No one will notice because music and video is very noticeable like that. And browsers have always been treated with disrespect, if you like, you know, this browser open, mm. window open is just as important as this one. So the the the, the kind of um, libraries and, and software and coding the tools that you now have can actually say, okay, no, I need, I'm, I'm important. You know, when I'm running, give me the give me the kudos to not interrupt my playing, and you can finally do this kind of stuff. And I think Let me um, see if I can get this to actually play while I'm looking at it. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, go for it. Um, I mean, it'd be great to start teaching this stuff in schools now as well. I'm I'm looking at. Lula May, my daughter, who's 10, and they are doing kind of mini programming already, and they're, they're, they can all touch type faster than I ever could at that age. Um, and it's a great intro to how sound works. Um, so yeah, absolutely brilliant. And there's many more to come. I couldn't see a way to load samples on that one, um, which was the only well, it was a minor, minor kind of thing. But it's like, um, it would make a brilliant Ableton plugin. So I've got a kind of, I've got a number of plugins that combine together do what this does because um, the concept goes way beyond the browser it's just a really nice instrument as you said very very performance so, yeah full yeah. marks and, and expect a lot more to come out for the browser over the next two or three years it's going to be a phenomenal kind of development cycle for this yeah well i'm just looking at that stuff behind you jamie and i'm thinking perhaps that's not uh, not not the direction you're likely to be going in but uh <laughs> i'd imagine i mean the thing is is you you no. make a lot of sound libraries and a lot of uh, sonics for, uh, for 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 sample packs as well you know you've done all so i mean i can imagine maybe some of your stuff ending up in in these engines so that other people can enjoy them without uh, a wall of modular i suppose yeah i mean of course i mean ah it's hard for me we're saying there's too much. I don't know. <laughs> it says a oh, yeah. man with too much too behind much stuff. him. But there's, there's <laughs> too much, you know, in the computer. It just moves too fast. You know, I, I, I really respect everyone and their endeavors. Uh, but it, it, it's hard for me to not get depressed somehow about software because it just feels like uh, the attention cycle is so small that, I don't know. How long I, will this I, really hold I attention? I, I really I I think it's great work yeah. and everything, but really, I, that's a, that's a, that's I'd rather really learn. I'd rather teach my kid how to play the piano, to be quite honest. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. I totally get the, the amount and, and of so the amount. Like, I don't want them looking at a screen, really. I don't want them like. But that's just that's just the way of now, isn't it? It's just hard for me to not get depressed about it. I suppose I maybe think this it's an really issue I'm having. The interesting thing that I would because the amount of work that goes in, you know, somebody who develops a piece of software, the amount of depth that might be going to the thought of how it works. Mm. I wonder if there's a point where they perhaps realise that very few people will bother to learn it as an instrument and get as deep as the, what you're kind of, I think, is what you're getting at. It sort of feels like there's, yeah. a, there's a real deficit in sort of input and output and, and usage, which I can imagine would, would yeah. be a bit, a bit depressing after a while. It's, it's weird because, I mean, look, I mean, this module behind me is a world of choices. Basically, when you're in a computer, you're in the same world. Imagine each one of these is a plug-in. You know, it's, this is nothing compared to what you can have on a computer. So actually, we're all we're all looking at this modular, whether we like it or not. Essentially, that's the current state of music now. So it's really like, how do you actually commit to something that's going to really work for you in the long term? Because I actually think it's so important to not always be on to, I mean... <laughs> 
it's kind of the nature of this show. I'm, uh, but I mean, you know, I know what you're saying. To yeah. find well, your we'll tools, to, to stick <laughs> yes. with them, you know, that's and, fair and none of us do it. I don't think we, none of us actually can live up to that. I mean, I totally don't. And I love it's software, but job. I mean, like Bitwig, for example, has been really intriguing me recently. And there's so many things that I've been trying to do in Max that I do in Max really badly that Bitwig makes more elegant in its kind of own internal little modular world that it provides. And it's, it's amazing. And they've done such a good job of it. But I, I'm not sure I'm going to dedicate the time that I need to learn that over the time I've invested in learning Max. And that's the kind of conundrum we're mm. in, isn't it? It's just like, how much time are you going to devote to How many to languages thing? can I learn? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what's point, it all though? for? Just dabbling? I mean, it- yeah, pretty much, I'd, I'd say. I'm completely on board with what you say. I mean, I used to be employed to time stretch and tune people's vocals. Uh, part of my session keyboards mm. job would be to sit there with racks of Akai's and get paid a t- t- shed load of money to, to put people's things in tune and swing in back in vocals. And, you know, because the artist, it was cheaper to do that than to get the artist back in to do some of that stuff, you know. Now, now when Garage Band came out and had a button that said, put the back and both positions, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Then, then that was a whole part of my kind of thing. It was a boring bit music of Music got life, way that, better. That, that disappeared. <laughs> and exactly. <laughs> well. It just improved it music now, then. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> just showed that it was all shit in the beginning. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, was, no, was, I know it, what you mean. But it was of. a tool. Do you know what I mean? It was a tool that you can choose to use. It, it, yeah, I shouldn't have been employed to do that stuff. This kind of is no. boring. And I, I knew what I wanted to be able to hear. I knew what needed to come out the other end. I just had the technical skills to do it. So this kind I think anything that introduces uh, people to music and, and and a young kids coming in might look at that and it'll take them further. Clearly, you're not going to master your next album or use that on any particular thing. I mean, maybe you might, but it's it's another tool that someone might come across and use and it might inspire them to go off and buy that rack of modular ones. You know, you hear this. Yeah, no, I know. I you're, absolutely on, right. uh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But true. not being negative, so, but, but I had a tune on Facebook a couple of days ago that was recorded on an iPad in GarageBand, I think, with a girl with amazing voice, put some BVs, pretty yeah. simple piano, and saying, any, any producers can help me. And I was like, this is a hit tune. This is amazing. And you wouldn't have even thought about getting it to this level, and I would never have heard it unless you bought your iPad and you found a little app and done it. And that, that's... You're so right. Comes You're in, right, man. And that's Steve so, Lacey. So, he did something on the Kendrick album. He he only used iRig on a broken iPhone. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah, you don't have to all learn power that. to him. No, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's a, probably it's a it's a generational thing. I I, I just so, sound old, uh, basically. <laughs> but Charles, that's, that's Charles, it. <laughs> if I could just come to you. Uh, so you've you've recently, you know, essentially had all of your gear taken away. Yeah. Uh, by, yeah, you know, by right. the fact that it's, it's in a, you know, it, is there something, so, I mean, this, uh, aside, obviously, your thoughts on this, because I'm interested in what you think, but are there things that, is there something very specific that you're missing more than any, anything else? Because, you know, we all have that kind of, oh, my desert island synth, but actually, when you haven't got any of it, would it be different to what you might have said before you didn't have it available? Um, I like not having it available. Um, I like not using a computer to make music because I'm, I'm using the Machina Plus, and I'm not even connecting it to a computer. I'm using it as a standalone. And the OP1, um, I like those limitations. You know, I was thinking about, uh, Zappin Music had rep- recommended a book to me called uh, Can Music Make You Sick, which was by Westminster Press, I think. And, you know, and I was thinking about that book when you guys were talking about it, because talking about the, the gear and everything, because I think, you know, I've got, I have a lot of gear. And I've got a lot of students even who have a lot of gear and all these plugins. And I think uh, so many people are very focused on gear and not about writing songs, you know, and, and I mm. think writing songs is like, I'm just as guilty of, you know, and I, I get some fascinated by some piece of gear and next thing I know, I can crank out a bunch of tracks, but are they, songs you know not really well not all of us are, not all of us are songwriters though are they i mean you know i myself you know I, I used to write dreadful ditties about you know teenage crushes but i mean i didn't write i don't think i i would call myself a songwriter in the same way that i would say well, Jamie or Don were. yeah but yeah. I, I guess mm-hmm. you know it's sort of like uh, there, i think maybe touching on what jamie's saying which i very much agree with this it's like there's just this this deluge of tools 
and things that make noise and so many new th languages to learn in whether it's you know uh you know learning to program stuff in max or whatever there's so many different things <laughs> i just like yeah i find it yeah. honestly i find it a little depressing it's a little depressing well you, you know, should I'm... try my job sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> i feel i feel sometimes i do feel like oh another synth oh goodness although i did uh, i've just done the boutiques the two new boutiques the jd08 which is available now uh, uh our review and, and actually, i was looking and up and the I, price really... on that and going gosh i gotta get that oh my god yeah you know, I've got but the jx08 the jx08 is nice as well it's interesting yeah uh, oh. anyway I, I should probably uh, just mentioned uh, uh also uh, new patches from the yuhi metaphorum in fact i'm going to play play this little segment but also i'm going to be interviewing Urs, victor and howard scar um tomorrow hopefully uh, for a sort of chat amongst sound designers who've just made this rather excellent set of patches for yuhi's hive 2.1 but also uh anyway i'll get onto that but watch out for that as well This is Yuhi Metaphorium, a 220-plus strong sound bank for Hive 2.1 that has been custom-crafted over a period of two years by Howard Scar, Victor Weimer, and also Urs Heckman himself. The bank was originally commissioned as a custom set for composer Johnny Kilmack for projects he had coming up, including a secret film. That film turned out to be The Matrix Resurrections. As Urs Heckman was one of the patch designers, features were added to Hive 2.1 to allow the creation of the new bank. Pretty cool. The sandbag is available via yuhi.com priced at 39 euros. Use the URL bit.ly slash talk meta. And we thank them for their support and uh, encourage you to do check out uh, that. Uh, it's actually, if you've got hot, I, I, I was quite blown away by the level of synthesis you could get in what they say is a simplified and more straightforward synthesizer <laughs> that they made it's yeah astonishing um so i've got this other one which um, i i i thought we, i'd throw this one in here because i think actually uh i like it so uh, let's do it this is uh, I, I happen to use the Akai MPK Mini 3. It's, they've just r updated it with some new features, uh, and it's a really it is a very very small um, MIDI controller. But actually, really good. It's got a little audio interface. It's got uh, programmable per channel knobs, which do a number of different functions. And for a synth this size, uh, for a, a keyboard controller this size it's actually a lot of feet 75 quid now this isn't a kind of an ad for akai but i just thought it might be an interesting uh, discussion about what people are using for micro tiny midi controllers because we all need a little one to take with us you know what is it that you reach for and I, i'm going to get another one of these i think because i remember when they sent it back i was thinking Oh, I wish I'd kept that, and I probably should have. So I'll come. Who? I, maybe I'll come to you first, Jamie, because I'm curious. Yeah. What you use? I mean, because you know you travel. I've seen. Mm -hmm. You know, you say you can't make it because you're out. So do you take a kind of a composing rig with you? And what do you use for that sort of thing, if at all? Yeah, it's funny you, you say that because um, I was just trying to do something the other day. I've got like a new pod that I'm on the brew with, and uh, I don't know if we're doing that segment. Are we doing that segment about tools we found? Oh, yeah, we could do that as well. Yeah, but... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just felt like I yeah. was about to go into that. But um, well, you can. Kind of, That's yeah, fine. Because I've, <laughs> I've got that, like, um, Arturia key step and everything. It's fine. But obviously Everybody's it suffers from... Those, yeah. yeah, it suffers from the ribbons, you know, which are just a bit of a bane. I don't... I'd rather just have the physical wheels. Now, like, a small keyboard that did it right for me was the DX100. The Yamaha DX100 has oh, amazing okay. pitch wheel. It just that feels awesome. Like, the keys are small, but they feel really good. And, like, I just long for that, to be honest. Because <laughs> I remember, like, I had a Novation thing, and I just really hated it because they've got the squidgy old keys, you know. They've all got these horrible squidgy little keys, haven't they? The old Yamahas, the small keys, but they've got a nice, tight little tack-tack, you know. They've got the good action that you want. Like the sun keeps going down. And um, so, yeah, my I don't really have a keyboard. Yeah, no, the, I was going to talk about that I was building is... Um, I don't know if you guys saw the little piece. I think Soundgas went to interview um, Floating Points at his studio a while ago, and he was demonstrating his CS70 and basically a feature that it has to take the two 
sides of the synth. I think it's stereo. And like independently tune the oscillators that go to each side. So you can, you know, you can go an octave apart, but you can also go fifths apart. So it goes an octave and a fifth, and then it goes two octaves, and it goes two octaves and a fifth, and then three octaves. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have a quantized pitch bend? So instead of bending the full range, it actually steps up. Like, uh, so I made something like that in Max and it was pretty much, I, I couldn't quite do it in an evening. It was more work than I realized. So I found a little tool that is like a pitch quantizer. It's by a company called Heaps of Bleeps company. It's what, pit, uh, quantizes pitch bend values? Pitch, so it, quantizes. Yeah, it quantizes your pitch bend. So you can, uh, and I've basically created that CS70 effect so that you can, I, I attached it to like a avid artist mix because the faders push out pitch bend. So I, I kind of assigned a couple of the pitch bend sliders to do the, to do the two sides of the synth, and it's really satisfying. It's deeply satisfying. What, it's not what's it called a question again? About small things, but um, <laughs> heaps of bleeps. <laughs> heaps of bleeps is the name of the Max company. A small keyboard's basically my answer is no. I don't really have one that I like. I just sort of take a really horrible little squidgy thing and make do with I it. I suppose it. And then I suppose of, yeah. I d it depends on what yeah. you need. If you're if you're looking for a kind of actual, yeah, really playable thing, or whether you're looking for something right. utilitarian. I understand what you're Touch saying about OSC. those. Yeah, yeah. Touch OSC, big shout out to Touch OSC. I got really into yeah. it when I was doing this quad thing. I spent so long making this quad panner thing, which is actually really super nice and still really works well. And I got deeper and deeper and deeper into it and thought, oh man, you can, if you can be bothered to kind of bake this part of your workflow, it's really good. In fact, it's here on this crazy modular rig. I've got the whole thing going into a laptop and that's in controlled with Touch OSC. And it's just a beautiful thing. So if that's good, I'd say invest in Touch this, OSC. This is it. This is the uh, heaps of bleeps. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. They make great, nice. great stuff. They make a really nice one that's also a poly, poly voice splitter. There's a few poly voice splitters, like the Polymer plugin, but they do their one is really good. That Voice Splitter Pro that you can see at the top there, that that's nice. That allows you to take, essentially play polyphonically on a single MIDI channel and spray it out to multiple mono synths in your DAW nice. or in real hardware land. And, uh, you know, that would be really nice with this pitch bend thing because then you could, you could play a polyphonic patch but then have two different pitch bends. You could have mm. one pitch bend, but they would get quantized differently on the two receiving like channels. Like a so so slide up. guitar, you could make it almost like a, a, an easier, a more easily playable slide guitar patch. Yeah, that, uh, you just uh, move not, it through, uh, yeah. Pedal steel, rather, pedal steel. Yeah, it's kind of just having this stepped thing on high resolution because obviously pitch bends are fourteen bit send, so mm, it's a nice, that's an it's a nice well, feel, and it, it was really I've, good, really satisfying. I've always thought that actually most MIDI controllers should have LFOs and envelopes in them that you can assign to uh, controller values, and I don't know why nobody's done it. I mean, I know that interpolation could be a thing, but I'd rather have it. I mean, what's wrong with having it? Is it really that? Is it really that crappy? Because they put it in they put it in um, in Mac uh, in, nice. in live, don't they? You can get these modulators and, and route them to anything. But anyway, yes, you didn't answer the question, yeah. but that's okay because I'm pretty sure Charles. With, I have a real Charles. problem with MIDI controllers. I want a good one. I really want a good one. Right. I have never found one with good faders and good sliders. I just still to this day I've never found one man interesting I'm all Charles, it is about, I, I want to know what about what do, what do you reach for when you're what you're I mean, moving on I always travel with I travel with that and push that. okay ah yeah now that is really good every you? time I these these both I have a special case where I can actually packs down like this <laughs> nice and uh, and, I, and it goes in my suitcase or in my my pally case which is open up back there but i right. i never never will pack it with stuff that's being shipped anywhere i take it with me like i take it on planes everything and that i never mm. leave without those two things and the push is only if i'm going to be going on to ableton but most of the time i will stay on the op1 as much as i possibly can because I, I love the limitations of it um i love the sound of it you know and, I, and now you can use the op1 as a midi i mean as an audio interface so i just export the tracks easily you know when i when i get to a laptop or something i'm trying not to use a laptop i'm trying not to use a computer as much as possible but now the machina this machina plus that's that's kind of becoming a new thing for me to to always carry around so those three now go into the into the pelly case which goes on the plane 
Uh, it's interesting. I, I, that's. I mean, it, I'm sort of asking what people use when they travel around, which obviously is it's not something we're doing a great deal of. I mean, when I come to you, Dom. I mean, I know you've been in, uh, uh, you know, working from home, which is totally. Yeah, I don't, I don't get out would. much, to be honest. But, but what um, I mean, for, for me, I mean, I suppose the thing is, I, I don't move around much either. But I need something small that I can put on the t table and you know, yeah. just pick up. I can't. Yeah, exactly. I've got that here, I've got, I've got a, a, a key step, which is okay. But yeah. I, I would, I would like some controllers. You know, that I, and you know, mm -hmm. I agree, it's not the best playing surface in the world, but it's, it's one of. I yeah, mean, it's, there are so many of those in the world, aren't there? It's, it's, it's all nothing for me. I kind of have to have a big keyboard because I'm a piano player originally. So if I'm going to play music, then it has to be a big keyboard. If I'm coding in in, a, in my office, obviously you're coding plugins. You want to be able to play stuff to check them out. I've got a really tiny Akai. I think it's an L LPK25, which is literally mm. 40 quid, I think. It's the, it's the mini, mini brother to these bigger ones. And in fact, I'd probably upgrade it to some because it has very, very limited controllers on there. But it's great and it's uh, it's really good because it's got Bluetooth built in and it works off batteries. So if you're on holiday with an iPad, which is usually my music making tool you can actually play you know reasonably into it but other than that i might have anything around that happens to have a couple of notes if i'm trying to program drums in or whatever but i, I can't really do it i've even i've made a couple of tunes playing the uh keyboard piano on the mac before you know because you can call up oh, you can wow. map the the, the notes yeah. to it and done, done some pretty incredible stuff actually one tune in particular i won't name it but it's quite successful and i, I did a, like a almost mock guitar solo-y type thing on there i managed to get, get going i quite believe how, how i did it but, but yeah it's kind of kind of all or nothing but i'd, I'd echo jamie's uh, comments about os osc one thing i really told them controllers i still can't get is i want a, a, a mixing desk mapped to my logic or, or ableton desk with uh, four or five effects sense so i can dub do a dub mix into logic with hardware and everything you find has faders and maybe two three if you're lucky orc send mappable things mm. so the only way i can i've got this pc 12 which is the orc send bit of it and i think that they do uh, a slider version which could go here but it's a very you you need like an awesome send that's like on knobs right yeah, exactly. So, so just imagine your your old school desk. I want some some faders, and then above mm -hmm. the fader, yeah, I've got a pan control, and then I've got some aux sends that I just want to be able to fly in effects on the on the fly. And there isn't anything that's small enough and useful enough to do that at the moment. There's never enough aux sends. You mm -hmm. yeah, there's, there's a fade board in sixteen, the but I think you only have one dial on it. So. Yeah, yeah, everything I found. So it's a it's a combo. You'd have to use two, and they've ended up kind of, kind of writing stuff to try and do it. But that's the one thing I miss. You've got a tactile desk, and you're just flying in effects, and playing the effects returns and feeding them back on themselves. You can't do that with a, you know, with I any have a very of the kind expensive of way that you can do it. And, and, and it keeps the room warm as well. Yeah. I understand as yeah. well. So. No, well, I mean, I've got because I have two consoles. I have the I have ah. the, the Valve console, but I also have a Digico S twenty one with the D two rack, and you can program the Digico as because it can be just a control surface, and I and I sometimes use it exactly as that. But mm. the, mm. the added advantage is you've got yes, you have sixty something. Mic preamps as well. So. Mm, wow. So, God, yeah, not, not so I just eight or 16 mini desk channels with aux sends that I can literally use as an instrument. Well, that's quite, I mean, quite that eight, eight, eight orcs or five or six aux is a lot of aux have. Yeah, a lot yeah. of aux. You I mean, you're, you're looking at like the old so. Dre Bank. Remember the old Dre Bank? Yeah. Like the old yeah, Dirtford but, Dre Bank. More yeah, than, than 64 three. knobs. Well, can you not? You uh, does it not work with the live channel? Because I mean, like I said, this the, the MQK. You've got eight pro completely programmable knobs. Yeah, I think the difficulty yeah, yeah, is you, it has to be. I, I it would have to be sort of Mackie Huey or one of those things because mm. then it's mm. got to know what it's controlling, and that's on a dynamically assigned thing. Yeah, yeah. this is also hard. Different isn't it? kettle of fish. It's mm. it's it's the PC it twelve I showed with yeah. some sliders underneath, but it's um yeah I just I want to I want to play the desk and it's really hard in uh, in hardware, which is one big advantage to have a you know a desk. I yeah. Do you ever find that with a MIDI controller you can ever get the speed and response 
that you get an analog. No. Doesn't it always feel wrong? No. I've never, ever yeah. muted a track, for example, and felt like, oh, that muted dead on. It always no, kind of exactly. feels no, sludgy and weird. It's never right. And, and 127 increments on a, on a send ain't right. And, and if, you, if you use a plug-in, an echo plug-in, and you feed it back on itself, it doesn't sound like hardware if you feed a hardware. I have, a, uh, you know. I have a suggestion oh, for you, Jamie. It's, it's, qu- it's entirely possible that in the assignment of switches, what happens is the trigger point is the note off, not the note on. So if you think about that, you hit a button and then you pull off, that you're, you're not sure. getting it on the point at which you hit the knob, you're hitting or you're, you're getting it, the action happening at the point where you take your that's hand actually, off. That's actually quite a good idea, isn't it? I know that Beardy Man does that with his Touch OSC setup where he uses the off to kind of be yeah. the trigger, which is smart because then you can actually hold it, hold it, hold it, release. And then that let go, is, right, yeah. i tell you what, the Touch OSC yeah. has been one of the more responsive yeah. worlds. I mean, it is weird to get used to the idea of using a touchscreen, but when you watch Beardy Man do his thing, you're like, he's not holding him back at all and he's doing all manner of stuff. It's way more powerful than the physical It's the controller. muscle memory stuff because you don't your know where your it. finger is. You don't know where your finger is on a surface. If you're feeling something and you go, there are three fingers under it, my though. finger. You hear it. You, yeah, you but you might hear it. Have one thing, though. About yep. touch offs, yeah. one, one little just nightmare to avoid about touch offs. So when I'd be setting up for a show, for example, I'd had a touch offs thing that I designed to control all the effect sense on the console, and it worked great. And then suddenly I'm in a room with ten thousand people who have mobile phones that are all trying to get. You got to be Wi-Fi hard patched, there, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah. make sure you're hard patched because if you aren't, it yeah, will no, absolutely yeah. not work. <laughs> Never oh, use Wi-Fi on stage ever. No, I mean, that with that. Or Bluetooth, oh, man. <laughs> or Bluetooth. Oh, Absolutely. My God. Bluetooth over oh, MIDI, MIDI over Bluetooth. I had that happen. I did a Saatchi gallery thing in Cannes once, and it was like this big to-do, and I was playing with like a Kinect, and like was doing all these real-time visuals behind me and everything. And, and the guy who was developing the thing, God bless him, like he, he, he changed something at the last minute and it was all streaming like wirelessly and as soon as people came in the room same thing happened i basically went out to stage like for five minutes in total darkness and just was like well i guess i'm here doing my thing and then they played some pre-recorded footage behind me and i was just like wow man that is i've had some i've had a couple of fails like with the tech but i was that was a brutal one that was so harsh and like there was nothing, nothing, and it was all to do wireless. You can't never, well, never, never. Use I was on a tour with OMD, and we did like three days of rehearsals. Yeah, in I, I think we were at the Greek theater or someplace like that. We, you know, we were in situ doing rehearsals with OMD. Everything was going great, and then that very first show, like once they were like, you know, once the audience came in, I just saw everything just like grind oh to a halt. It's like holy crap! So I, I just I, love, I love saying it up with everything was going great. Yeah, <laughs> I just love everything was going great. And then you just leave it at that. Just you'd have to carry on. Everything was going great. <laughs> yeah, no, fair play, man. We've all, but you know, that's what you do, isn't it? Some yeah. mistakes are more yeah. expensive than others. Yes. Yeah, well, they, I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, well, you can't beat a power cut. I saw a, uh, I saw a, um, uh, it was just one of those videos that spins past when you're sort of mindlessly thumbing through social media. And it was basically a guy who uh, lived locally to a, some sort of party, outdoor party festival type thing. And it was across a lake and there was a big sort of party and they wouldn't let him in. And he was a resident. He thought, well, that's not really on because it's, you know, it's just, a, so he found, he found the, he found the power cable and there's just a picture of him like this. <laughs> There's this cable, and then in the background is this massive, great kind of like field full of electric amazing. activity, and it just it just goes dunk, and it just goes, it's just gone, completely gone. Oh, <laughs> it's, that's the ultimate it's genius. It's genius. Score, score. Yeah. That, oh, I mean, yeah. Ouch. Well, it's, it's been it's been a such. Fun, I mean, there are so many topics that we could still go to. Actually, there was the other thing that I was going to ask: Is anybody kind of found anything nifty that uh, that they wanted to throw into the to the mix? I know uh, Jamie, you mentioned I've your masterclass, mine. which I'm yeah, super, but, and you've done oh, yours. Yeah. I wonder Thanks, if anybody man. else has. Has anybody else had uh, any kind of new bits and pieces? Uh, 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 chicks, you had yeah, your hand so, up. I'm assuming you might. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I don't want to sound like a show for the company, although I am getting to know the guys 
quite well you know, from Cornet Audio. They have a new delay that's out, and it's really good. It sounds like a Benson Echo record. It's like the best of the uh, emulations that I've heard. And I just want to say I, I love this thing. So I am using that quite a lot. Um, and uh, you know, I use their their talkback limiter. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw this up yeah. here. I think I can put that in there. Let's just do that because last time we did this, uh, didn't we break their website? I think we did, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm up for that. It's the Wi-Fi. It so, yeah, so it's in, it's in beta right now, but uh, everything, everything they make is great. Everything they make is great. There we go. And, uh, it's that. Corn F Audio, and I've posted the link in the URL. That does look uh, nice. It looks, like a, a, it, look, uh, yeah, it looks like a... They were uh, everywhere in the, Berlin. Were yeah. they? Are they, are they yeah. German? Well, nice They're one. They're nice. I remember Vogel, Christian Vogel, my, my old bandmate, had one of those. And it was weird because I was like in that phase where I was like, Christian, we have to record onto this this Neumann into the Apogee. And like he was like, why don't we record the vocals in here? And I was already shirty about it. And I always think, why didn't I listen to him, man? That thing is so cool. But you know, yeah. now there's a plug-in of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the two guys who, who run this company, they do such a great job making cool plugins. So I do recommend them. Yeah. So, well, nice. let's see if we can break their website again this week. Uh, we, might, <laughs> we, might get a, we might get a discount or something if we want to buy the plugin. Dom, did you find anything that was uh, that was exciting for you? I'm going to... Ibuprofen and, and paracetamol. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Before I, Good on, my yeah. That's a top tip. <laughs> no, not really. I don't know how uh, many people know you can take ibuprofen and paracetamol if, if, if paracetamol or ibuprofen is not enough. Yeah. You've just leaked from it. You know what you can't get in the U.S.? You can't get Cocodamol over here. No, I like, know. This is a, a shock. You have a prescription for it. I was like, oh, I should like, have um, bought so much of that and brought it with me. You, know, cause you can't get it over here. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Works. Things like sulpidine and neurofen, anything with codeine on it. I discovered this as well last time I was out there. I went down with a cold on the flight. This is a few years ago now. And uh, and they like, look at you as if you're some drug addict. Because it's, it's like that... Uh, lean that dank that all the hip-hop guys drink they take the, the cocodamol they take the codeine now anyway let's not get into that it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway your tip for the week apart from <laughs> apart from how to extract <laughs> codeine from uh, from legal tablets in the uk <laughs> Oh, that's great! <laughs> I'm sorry, I put that out loud. <laughs> no, literally, I've, I've had a, I've had a few favourites on uh, the last uh, last couple of times I've been on, and I've actually run out of favourite things because I haven't been in the studio. That's so fine. I will save one up for the next for my next appearance. I'm just trying to find something else that uh, that uh, that we're, we're uh, yes, I got a Stream Deck XL, and I'm going to start using this in the Switch as well. Uh, but uh, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm trying What's to think the, what, what does uh, the XL bit do. Uh, it's just bloody it's massive. So it's it's oh, that big. Right. It's oh, nice. that many buttons. And uh, there's a here's a top tip: if you use an ex if you use any form of Stream Deck and you're running out of buttons, you can set an action now. If you use something called a compa uh, not companion, uh, Bit Focus Companion, which is like a little server that will communicate directly with this, you can create shift buttons. So you just go shift, and then your entire panel could change. It can flip to another page, and then you just go quickly. All oh, there we go, and then out again. So you can actually introduce shift. It's interesting when you start using a, a, a Stream Deck, mm -hmm. you start thinking about how you design UIs and GUIs because you think well actually if I put that there then my thumb if I you know that needs to be on this side because then my thumb isn't covering the buttons I need and I can see but it's um, I've noticed this you know well this one I can do that so you just go here's all the buttons I need for like right now and then I press shift and then suddenly it's like okay that's mute for all the you know it's it that's kind of that's pretty cool it's a they're fantastic they're a bit you pricey in, uh, you get lost in in folders of buttons don't you then to find get back to the front page and stuff it's a bit of a bit of a pain. It can so be, a, yeah. A, a Whereas if you just do shift right. so that it's only on momentary press, then it also jumps back to the yeah, page yeah. you were on. Then you're nice. Uh, let me find this thing, a bit focus companion. It's a real, if you've got one of these things, uh, that's good. That just, uh, a bit focus mm. is it's a, an, it's what's really interesting about bit focus is it works with loads of stuff. It's not just companion. Huh. Uh, I'll put that in there. That's in the sh uh, show notes. If, if I put this in here, then we can do this. Let me just throw that in there, and I can. Uh, oh gosh, uh, it's probably going to ask about cookies. Yeah, cookies. Don't need cookies. This is the one. Bit focus companion. That's what you're looking for. Very. That's my top tip for this week. Yeah, well, nice folks, one, man. Uh, 
thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. And thank you for uh, uh, thanks to Andy for switching. I think it's been pretty good. I mean, it feels like it. Now we'll just see whether it recorded. <laughs> Because this, like, I, I might mention this earlier, this whole show was running in the cloud. You know, I'm dialing in like a caller that you are. The software is in a data center in, uh, and we're just running remote desktops um, and, uh, and our Akai controllers, which work over the interwebs. It's absolutely bloody awesome. But anyway, that's it for this week. Thank Amazing. you, folks. Uh, yeah. I look forward to uh, um, hearing more from you. Uh, Jamie, I hope you uh, enjoy you. the fruits of your redesign. It looks like you're starting to patch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, uh, it was overwhelming to put it in. It's like a lot more, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was more intense than I'd imagined, but I'm starting to really dream with it now. It's good fun. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Lovely to have you in. And congratulations on uh, 10 years in the States. It's quite a milestone for you, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it might be a bit longer, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I know we, we were having this thing. <laughs> Because I was saying I was down with being on the show. And then I realized, mm. like, oh, man, I've been outside of England since 2000. So that's quite weird. I was in so Berlin for eight the, years. And then, yeah. Just, just a little life. less time than we've been running the show. That's, that's, that puts things into perspective, doesn't it? That's why I'm like all but, moaning about software. Like, oh, you know? But Jamie, lovely to have you, uh, and, and to be on. You know, Thanks, thank man. you for thank you for joining us, uh, of course. And uh, Charles Chicky Reeves, I hope your uh, your your New York adventure ceases to be an adventure soon and settles down into regular yeah. life, and then you can yeah. you know get back to get back to work. <laughs> yeah, got a lot of building work to do. I got I'm going to be building some stud walls and a new ceiling and you know floating a room and. That's going to take a little while. Then all my stuff will finally show up, and then I'll be good to go. Yay! <laughs> so, wow. So this uh, is it. You, you've, you, this is a sort of you've gone for a. This sounds like quite a permanent move. Then you've you've, you've left the building, as it were. Yeah, bought the house, bought a car, sent my daughter to wow. school near Stand here. serious. You know. Um, yeah, it's just it's just there's a lot more stuff going for me over here. So so um, it, it's good to be back in the states. You know, but I'm a dual citizen, so I can always go back to the UK if I want. But, you know, nice. I, I lucky, do like you a lot. I'd leave it a bit if I was you. <laughs> Things aren't yeah, looking too hot. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Just me and Dom left in the country, running the doing, doing Sonic Talk. All the other guests <laughs> and all the viewers will be the somewhere out. else completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking yeah, of Dom, thank you center. also for thank you for joining us. Also, Dom, uh, Mr. Wiggly Have you got happening. a show on Sunday? I'm gonna I'm gonna come on the show. I'm gonna come on. Come I'm on, just, I haven't... please do come on. Yeah, even Gaz popped up on Sunday, which was brilliant to see. Richard's been on, Richard Hilton's been on a couple of times. It's amazing. It's just nice to see another side of what's going on. Um, so you'll be very, very welcome. But yeah, check out MrWeekly.co.uk and uh, yes, jump on our do. streams on Sunday. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, real pleasure to be here. Right. You're welcome. And thank you very much. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, if I go to the four up, then we can all say goodbye and I can do the, uh, although whatever it's called, the, uh, I'm just, yeah, hold on. I need to find my actual um, buttons. Yeah, there we go. Buttons, there we go. Uh, thank you very much for watching. Uh, that's it for this week. Don't forget, if you're a Patreon supporter and you managed to get in or you joined us uh, before the end of the show at our upper level, your name will appear here. That's it for now. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye.